welcome to Courageous Help by BASE, where we believe in the power of assistance to change the world. I'm Natalie Turner, Executive Assistant at BASE. Here on Courageous Help, we sit down with current and former assistants who are challenging the status quo. From impacting global business practices to molding new career paths and beyond, all while managing their full plate as an assistant. Join us while we explore how today's assistants can leverage their position to drive positive change. Today on Courageous Help, I am really excited to chat with Donata Boston. So Donata spent over a decade working in support roles for some of the top leaders in entertainment and business, including being the family assistant to Madonna. And she has since transitioned into running her own business where she teaches business owners and their teams how to release industry standards and norms that are misaligned with authentic values and truth. And Donata is extremely passionate about creating impact with less effort and more joy, which I love, as well as paying attention to what makes you feel fulfilled and channeling that energy into all aspects of your life and work. So to kick us off, can you share with us a bit about yourself and your journey to get to where you are today? Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this conversation. And I really love your community. I think you've done a great job gathering some really special people here. So my journey in this world of support roles has really was just happened totally by accident, which I think tends to be the case. Yeah. And looking back, it happened by accident at the same time. I think it takes a very specific type of person, like a very specific fiber of person to be successful in this type of role. So it makes sense that I would end up here. It was just wasn't something that I planned out to do. I moved to New York from Europe where I grew up. I grew up in Germany and France and moved to the US in 2008 because I had the US passport. I was born in the US when I was younger. I moved to Europe when I was younger. And so I just wanted to explore the US and see what it had to offer. I was fresh out of college. I had like a little bit of work experience doing event planning, but really didn't have a preset career laid out for me. Moved to the US in 2008. And of course, that's when the economy crashed and there were no jobs available in any of the fields that I was interested in. I sent, I must have sent out like a hundred applications at least and no answers and was getting really desperate, especially mm-hmm. in New York City where things are so busy and, you know, <laughs> You definitely don't want to be without a job in New York City. It gets very daunting. And so I started really reaching out, like broadening my net and reaching out anywhere that I could see myself adding value. And since I had that international background, I applied for jobs that looked for French speakers, German speakers. I kind of felt like that could give me that level up since I didn't really have much work experience. And that's how I ended up working for Madonna for our family since they had some French speaking in the household and were looking for someone to support them and to really understand that aspect of it. So it's interesting how things happen because you never know how something that's so innate and that comes so naturally could really give you a chance at something that you didn't even expect. Yeah. And when I got the opportunity, I think I was so desperate to just be active that I didn't really think twice about it. It was definitely compelling, but it was so off track for me and off brand for what I was seeking. But I just said yes, because it was like, it was such a unique opportunity and it really felt divinely conspired to Absolutely. Well, And and that's how it all began. And I'm curious, I imagine, you know, you're sending out applications and resumes and whatever. I'm sure though, 
how did you even find this opportunity? Did you know someone or how did you get connected? I know you mentioned French was the connection, but it was really through an agency that okay. I'd never heard of before. I would never be able to trace it back. I don't sure. think I was able to even then. And that happened to me multiple times after that, to be honest. Like oh, all really? the all the interesting opportunities that I've had have always come from people I had spoken to maybe a long time in the past and who just think of you. I can think of one client that I work with now who's incredible and who said, yeah, somebody sent me your resume at some point like a year ago, didn't think of it. And we still don't understand who that person was. I still don't know who this person is. So there is something really magical when you tap into how life will really guide you where you're meant to be. And you know in your body if something is meant for you, even if it's off track, even if it's not something that you have expected. And oftentimes I would say it's the things we expect the least and they're so off script, right? So off of the script that you had initially planned for your life that end up being the biggest game changers. At least that's what's been the case on my path. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I never thought I would wind up in this kind of a role either. And it was, yep, I happened to know someone that knew someone and I have a background in event planning as well. And I feel like a lot of people with that background kind of wind up at some point kind of in this world. So yeah. And you know, what's interesting now, now that I coach other executive assistants and Mm -hmm. we talk about this a lot is when you talk to executive assistants, there's something really interesting about the way we view the world. We are so open to supporting anyone and anything and wanting to add value wherever we go that we end up being very malleable and very Mm -hmm. open to opportunities. And it's something that is a huge, I think, aspect of why we're successful in our roles. But I also challenge people and challenge executive assistants to really start tapping into what they want. I think Mm -hmm. that we end up becoming so, yeah, so malleable that we end up forgetting who we truly are and what makes us, what brings us joy. And to come back to that is, can be a little bit challenging when you're too open to whatever is required from you. Absolutely. I think there's a big difference in, can I do this set of tasks or this job? Am I good at it? And then the distinction between, but is that what is aligned for me? So yeah, I love that. And that actually kind of takes us right into where I was hoping to take this conversation. So you know, you mentioned that you haven't been an assistant for a handful of years now, but that being an assistant has had a huge impact on you personally and professionally. And of course, like you were saying, those skills are so transferable, but the skills you learn and the experiences you had as an assistant are things that you've brought into other roles. And like you were mentioning your business today. So the question that I have for you and for all of our guests, which I love this question, I'm so excited to ask it to everyone. So how do you change the world as an assistant? And that has changed over time. That's a very good question. I think that in the beginning, when I just got started, the way I really thought I was changing things is by becoming anything that was required from me. Just going Mm -hmm. back to what we just said and just Mm -hmm. being able to forecast what was needed, to always anticipate everyone's needs, to always think ahead, to always bring new ideas to the table, to really be always on the lookout for what is going on around me and to be that almost like the receiver of the energy around me and to be able to channel that back into the room and to add value that way. And I was very good at it. So that was kind of the challenging part is I was so good at that. But then after a while, 
being in that industry and after I think almost a decade of it, I started having some physical symptoms mm-hmm. and it started affecting me. I can't call it burnout necessarily, but okay. definitely I was getting signs, like whispers from my body saying, this is not what going to work out. This is not mm-hmm. going to be sustainable. And it's interesting how you don't question things, especially when you're good at them and how and when it's how you've been wired. I think a lot of us are just very intuitive. We're empaths. We know how to tap into the energies of the room and how yeah. to become whatever is required from us. And it comes so naturally that we assume that that is our superpower. Mm. Once I started getting these signs and I started taking a step back and then I became a mother and I kind of took a longer pause in my career path. I had to rethink all of that. And what came out of it is the understanding that I, and I used this quote before, I think it's from a book named Be the Message. I have to look it up actually, who who the writer is exactly. But the phrase is, be a thermostat and not a thermometer. Mm, I've heard you say that before. Yeah, meaning really tap into your own frequency. What is your native frequency? Why are you here? Who are you? We forgot who we are. A lot of us have in different elements, in different areas of our lives, whether that's in our relationships or at work. For me, it was at work. I was just such a sponge and I would just be, just adapt. I was the Mm -hmm. ultimate, the super adapter wherever I I ended up. And that really got me to where I had gotten at that point in my career, but I could feel that there was a leveling up that was required for me to really start bringing into the world what I was there to offer, which meant coming back to who am I at my essence? What am I naturally bringing to the table that is unique to me? And that is what I teach my clients as well is to start asking, just asking those questions, just reflect on that question and see how far you've come from who you were meant to be because you've, you've been diving into other people's energy so much that you've lost your own, your connection to self. Yeah. I'm curious, as you're saying, you know, you became so malleable and therefore valuable, like not that that's where your value came from, but it gave you a lot of success. Um, And so when you started hearing those whispers from your body, what was it? If you know, it could just be intuition, but what was Mm -hmm. it in you that had you start asking those questions in terms of what do I want? What am I here to do versus assuming like, oh, I'm just burned out or maybe I need a different job or maybe I need need to work harder. How did you come to those questions? I think I reflected on all of them. I think that my natural tendency was, and sometimes still is, to question myself before I question anyone else, mm-hmm. to always feel like to be harder on myself than, yeah. than to give myself grace and compassion. Yeah. And that's something that we're just used to doing. I think that a lot of us are like that. I, when I look at, when I speak to different executive systems in particular, like I said, it's a very specific breed that yeah. goes into this type of work and is fulfilled by it and, yeah. and does it authentically and is and wants to step into a place like that and is successful in that. So I think I've, I really considered all of the above until I started getting really quiet. I read the book by Michael Singer, The Surrender Experiment okay. and The like, Untethered Soul. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is The Untethered Soul. Mm-hmm. Which were game changers. I think that this content comes to us at the right time in our mm-hmm. lives if we pay attention. And so yeah. the signs were all kind of leading in the direction of this, things are supposed to actually be easy. We need to invite ease and grace into our lives because I was so used to the struggle and the hustle and the, it has to be busy and 
I thought that that's what success looked like. That's what's mm. modeled to us in many yeah. ways in the society. So to rethink that and to be brave enough to say, I'm going to allow myself to do something that comes easily and that also is going to bring me success and abundance and all of the things that I'm looking for. It doesn't have to be one or the other, but we have to really redefine a lot of things in our lives in order to get there. And we have to give ourselves permission for it because nobody else around me was reflecting that back to me. Well, of course not, because you were doing all the things that yeah, <laughs> that they needed yeah. you to, to be uh-huh. and do. But you know, even the people I love the most and people who love me the most. Oh, of course. And I've been saying this to one of my clients recently. It's like the people who love us the most sometimes give us the worst advice. I remember very vividly thinking to myself, like in agony, just of how exhausted I was. Mm. Can somebody around me just give me permission Mm. to pivot? I was looking for somebody around me to give me that permission that I really needed to give to myself. Right. You know, no, only I could give myself permission for this. And so that's what I encourage everyone I speak to now to do is redefine things for yourself. It takes, it's scary because nobody's done it before you and nobody can do it for you. Only you can set these goals and these guidelines for your own life. It's not going to look like what I've done. It's not going to look like somebody else who you might admire has done. It really has to be something that works for you and for the person that you are at your core essence. And to be brave enough to do that, I'm just here to give people permission to do it because Mm. I've done it for myself. It was super scary, but leaders go first. You're mm-hmm. not going to have somebody who lays this path out for you. You're going to really have to do it for yourself and to be brave enough to walk down that path. Yeah. I'm sure that in, in your work with your clients, you mentioned before that you needed to give yourself that permission. And in your business with your clients, you said that you're there to kind of give that permission. Do you think that you probably are naturally attracting clients who are similar to where you were? And that they're looking for that permission. I think that we all are, you know, in our own ways. I think that we all are in different areas of our lives. Like I said, I talked to a lot of people who are looking for that in their relationships Mm. and who are saying, you know, I just, this is not working for me, but I feel like maybe I'm here to learn a lesson. And at the end of the day, no, that's exactly how we end up in relationships that are not serving us because we think that there's a lesson behind everything. What if you just gave yourself permission to have the exact relationship that you want, that's full of Mm. love and attention and everything that you deserve. We need to set the standards in our lives. And if we want to look for lessons in really challenging situations, we can do that. But we need to be clear about the fact that that's a choice that we're making. It's all about choice. And once you are in your choice, then you're empowered. There's no right or wrong way to approach things. If you want to stay in something that is challenging, but you see there's elements of it that make you grow and that's what you hold on to, do it, see it as your choice. You're in power, you're in charge, you're in your power and you're making that decision. You don't have to do any of that, but you can. It's about that discernment of knowing. And knowing when you're ready and knowing when you're ready to step out. I can't tell people who are saying they're having a challenging time at work, quit your job and you deserve more. It's whenever you're ready. And there might sometimes be lessons that are still keeping us hooked in certain situations until we're ready to release them. All I'm saying is that that lesson can be learned overnight if you give yourself permission for it. And -hmm. if you see it very clearly, and if you're bold enough and brave enough to say, okay, I'm ready, and you make that jump, 
but you have to do it authentically. You have to be ready for it. You can't do it because somebody else is telling you you should. And you have to stay in the power of choice. There are always options available to you. Yeah. So kind of coming back to this question around how you change the world as an assistant, obviously mm-hmm. you are kind of being an example, being permission, being a symbol of what's possible for both your clients and other assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, but how else would you say you're changing the world? As an so assistant? I recently had a short stint as an assistant again for one of my clients who desperately okay. needed support. So it wasn't something that I I was planning on doing, but I yeah. just jumped right in and it was kind of fun. And we both knew that it was for a short amount of time, but I got a little taste of it. And so I think what has changed for me now, and it's really good for me to do this actually, because it makes me be able to show up for my clients yeah. in a much more authentic way, but also in a less ignorant way, because I sort of see how things have changed for assistance now. And it's a completely yeah. new environment and the remote working. And there's so many new elements to the challenges that we're facing on a daily basis. Absolutely. I would say, I would say the way I think we all are called to change the world and the way we're all called to live our purpose, because everyone's talking about, I'm looking for my purpose. What's my purpose? Where can I find my purpose? Am I on purpose? To me, it's super, it's become super simple. Your purpose is to be in your fullest expression. That's it. Whatever that means, however long it takes, it's not a one-time thing where you just switch it on and you are your fullest self. To me, it has taken time and it still takes time. And it's the work. It's the work that I'm doing in my life. It's to unravel sort of the programming and the trauma and the things that are not me that have been that I've taken on over time Mm -hmm. and to decide to look at all of it and say, okay, what is serving me? What brings me joy? You know, when you unclutter your closet, it's the same thing with your life and with your habits and with your thoughts, put it all on the table and really look at it. It doesn't have to be difficult. You can actually select what is serving you, what you've collected along the way that really serves you and has helped you. But then also once all of that is stripped away, what is left? Mm-hmm. Who are you when all of that stuff is gone at your core? When you are in a meeting and things get intense and people are not always behaving at their highest or talking sure. to you in the most elevated way or or stepping into the room with grace, can you connect back to yourself? Can you hold on to yourself in those moments and not get swept away? And it comes back to that saying, right? And I think it's Roger Isles, I just looked it up, who had that quote, be a thermostat, not a thermometer in his book, You Are the Message. It's super important to remain that thermostat because it's not what we do. It's how we show up in every room that really has an impact far greater than we even realize. It's how we behave in those situations that are so intense that like that pressure cooker moment that we all experience still in certain instances. It's, are you anchored and connected to yourself? And that takes practice. Yeah. And the practice can look, looks different for everyone. I think it's, it's great to just see what's available to really try things out for yourself. Again, it's not a one size fits all method. I think it's important to be exposed to everything that we have so many modalities now that are available to be playful with that. Don't take it too seriously. Play around, try things out and see what really works for you. Because when you are connected to yourself, you know it, you feel it and you are pretty much invincible. You're so empowered and so in yourself, you can feel affected by the outside world but it doesn't change who you are. It Mm -hmm. doesn't sway you. It doesn't take you off 
doesn't punch you off your throne. You're just, you're so centered and anchored that you become that guiding light for those around you. You become that tuning fork inside your company or for your principal, whoever is around you. And that to me is the biggest way we can show up in this world is us in our fullest expression and fully empowered. I so agree with you. And I think it's interesting because a lot of people in this industry are sort of inclined to be more task-oriented, more like, what else can I learn? What other skill sets? What other things? And for it to be, uh, not that it's easy, but it's simple to be like, if you are just in your fullest expression as you just articulated, or I tend to think of it as like, am I grounded in myself? Like That's just another way of saying it. But So I feel like it can be hard for people in this industry to feel, wait, it's that simple. That's what's required. And then of course, you know, it's all the other tasks and everything. And so I'm curious as you work with your clients or what you've seen just in your time in the industry, do you ever get pushback around like, it's not about more professional development or more like, of course, those things are great, but it's more simple than that. Do you get pushback? I'm curious. I don't think, and I don't truly feel like it has to be one or the other. I'm all for professional development and all that. I think that we just tend to approach life and the problems we face, the challenges we face, or even like even our the things that inspire us, we tend to approach them in such an analytical way. Mm-hmm. We've become really brain focused. Like yeah. everything we do starts up here. And that's when things get really complicated and complex because you can analyze things in so many different ways and you can trip up in the way you start overanalyzing situations. And I've noticed that when I come back to my heart, when I drop back down into this energy center and I start feeling into this, things become a lot more simple. And from that place, if I approach my days from that place, then I will know what the next step is. I don't have to plan everything out ahead. I don't have to get so worked up in the planning and making sure that I make the right next decision. I just follow this and the next step kind of presents itself. And whether that is more professional development, whether that is making a big change in your life, it always comes from that place. And then it becomes effortless. It really does. When you're up here and you're trying to overthink how to do it and how to approach it, things get so overwhelming and daunting because you are, you're living in a fictitious world yeah, And a scenario that you can build out in so many different ways. And typically it leads you into the worst case scenario because we want to be feel safe and, and make yep. sure that we're making the right decision. And so I don't want to live in that life. I don't want to live in that world. That's what I noticed is, and when I'm going back to Michael Singer and his book, it's, it's really starting to pay attention, start becoming the observer of your thoughts, start becoming the observer of how you're approaching things and how you're showing up so that you come back to your choice. Because once you start observing and you're seeing what's happening, you realize, oh, wow, I can actually direct this however I want. I'm in charge. So if I'm in charge and I get to direct this, why would I choose to live in this virtual reality of the worst case scenario? I would much rather live in the other scenario of what if everything I want is out there waiting for me? What if I live by those measures? Yeah. So if I had to guess, people who are listening are hearing you speak about this and it sounds amazing. And you mentioned, you know, dropping into your heart, you mentioned different modalities, but I can see, or I can envision people being like, but how, like, do you have specific modalities 
that you like to use. And I know you said there's so many. I practice so many, breath yeah. work. I facilitate <laughs> breath work. And that's my favorite just because it's always with us, you know, our breath. But I'm curious if there's anything that feels like a simple practice for people to kind of drop out of their head and into their heart or into their body. Yes, there's so many. And breath work has been a huge game changer. I always tell people start following the breadcrumbs, start being open to it and start actually just being curious about it. And then these different modalities, the different books and the different teachers, they present themselves to you for sure. One really basic way that I start my days now is that I don't get out of bed until I've tapped back into myself and into Mm -hmm. my heart. So I just lay in bed and that's such an easy thing to do because once I get up, I'm a mom too. So life... Life really sweeps me off my feet and like sure. it's go time. And in order for me to just become that tuning fork and to make sure that I'm stepping into the next day in my fullest expression, I just lay there and I start reconnecting with myself. So I really just close my eyes and I get into my breath and I typically envision an energetic cord from my lowest energy center. So kind of in your, your low chakras, pulling mm-hmm. me down into the earth mm-hmm. so that I don't float away. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to stay grounded. Like you said, to stay grounded within yourself. And once I do this, I just start feeling into my body, yeah. truly just observing like what is going on today and just giving myself a lot of compassion and patience. And then honestly, just remembering how amazing I am and really feeling into that sensation of you are showing up in ways that nobody sees really being my biggest cheerleader. So often we are hard on ourselves and we push ourselves and we don't want to make mistakes. Oh, and this happened again. And now I'm late. And all of that self-talk happens naturally and still happens to me, you know, like it doesn't, that doesn't go away overnight, but to just start off the day reflecting on all the amazing ways I show up. And that nobody sees, I'm not doing it for to be acknowledged. I'm not doing it. We do it, of course, in our work and all these different scenarios, but there's many ways that we show up that nobody will ever see that we're just doing because that is our nature. When I tap back into that energy and just remembering the ways I show up naturally, that is the fiber of who I am at my core. It's a great way to remember who we are when nobody's watching and who we were before we got programmed by society, by our parents, by everyone around us. Those are the, we think our instinct is supposed to be this big revelation that takes us into like new areas of our lives, but it happens all the time in these micro moments where we just know what the right next thing to do is. Mm -hmm. So just that reflection and that coming back into your body and staying in your breath. And it's just like a simple observation of what is going on here today. And then really offering yourself that admiration of you're killing it. I love that. And the fact that you can start there in your heart, in your body. And then you mentioned earlier that will take you into, it might be something incredibly practical that might be like, okay, and now I'm going to go get breakfast for my babies or okay. And now I'm going to go clear this inbox or it leads to the practical and it takes you into the practical in a different state than you would have been in. Totally. And I, I mean, my natural state upon waking up was, <gasps> yeah. you know, let me check my inbox. And I think yeah. a lot of us have that. I still have that at, at times, but that's why this practice is so important because I don't yeah. let myself get guided by that energy because it's a frantic energy. It's not an efficient energy. It's a frantic energy of performance mm-hmm. versus understanding that just you and your essence showing up is changing things. 
you are whole and complete and perfect just the way you are in, the, in showing up in your truest expression. Mm. That's what I want to come back with. And then the inbox gets attended to, the kids get attended to, and all of that stuff happens. We're still doing life. You know, right. we're still doing the human. We're still playing those games, but it comes from a very different place. Absolutely. So before I kind of wrap up the conversation, I just wanted to check and see, are there any kind of threads that we didn't get to pull on all the way or anything that you feel you want to wrap up or is unfinished or you feel it's complete and it's okay if it is? Well, the one thing I would say is we play a huge role in this world. That level of devotion, of commitment that comes with a role like the one of the executive assistant, it's no small task. And I think what I really love to see and what I encourage everyone to do is be brave, tap back into yourself and then be brave enough to express how you feel. I think that we underestimate our response, the responsibility that we hold in those positions that nobody else gets to see what we get to see. Mm-hmm. We're really in contact with a level of power that is able to change the world that we live in. We have direct access to that. So the way we show up and making sure we take that responsibility really seriously of self-care, what we call self-care and what we just talked about, these practices that we can do to just check back in within ourselves, whatever that looks like. It can be morning yoga. I love to do morning yoga. I just don't have time most of the time, but whatever it is, or just dancing around the room and remembering that you are safe in your own body. You don't have to get swayed into all the different frantic energies that are happening out there in the world. Things are nuts out there. We have to be able to, like you said, ground back into ourselves, hold on to ourselves, but then also being brave enough to go out there into our roles and to mirror back to people what they need to see, what they need to hear, to be brave enough to live by our values, to be Mm -hmm. value aligned and to be that in every way that we behave and that we act. And when you talked about pushback, Yes, I've been getting pushback a lot, yeah. but I've been pushing right back as well if I'm in complete conviction and I'm open to changing my mind on certain things. I'm open sure. to learning from others, but I also know in, with that connection that if we talk about, once you are that connected, you know when you're speaking truth with a capital T, you know when you are saying something that might be really difficult and takes courage to say, might be very difficult to hear, but that is really vital in taking things to the next level in your company for your leader, they don't have anyone around them who might be mirroring things back to them the way they need to. And my biggest accomplishments and the moments I'm proudest of are the ones when I was brave enough to say something, when things were not right, when things didn't feel right to me, when it would have been really easy to shut my mouth and to just keep on going. But those are the moments that I was the most recognized to for the person that I was. And that mm-hmm. opened up doors for me in ways that I could have never imagined. And they were not premeditated. It's when you get out of the title that you hold or the function that you hold and you become the person behind that. Yeah, you're human. And you, human. Yes. And that to me, it takes a lot of courage. But once you do that, you are forced to be reckoned with. We look at the power that we hold by those titles that we carry. Yeah. But we are all very powerful when we start acting from that place. That's a beautiful place to end. I love that. So as we're kind of wrapping here, I know you mentioned a couple of different books, but I'm curious, is there anything that you would like to promote or a resource or anything you want to share with our audience? Just anything you want to share? 
You guys, I've been so awful at like creating a brand around what I'm doing. I can't even tell you. I feel like I keep saying it, but I just need some time. I've been so busy, which is such a blessing. It's been unfolding very naturally and word of mouth. And I've just been so all consumed in the message Mm -hmm. and in my clients' work that I haven't taken the time to actually sit down and create a website and do all these things. So the easiest thing to get in touch with me would be to find me on LinkedIn, okay. find me on Instagram, Donata Boston. I think it's really simple to look me up. There's not that many of me I out bet. there with that name. So yeah, and just message me. I have conversations with with different executive assistants, whether they're my clients or not, all the time on LinkedIn. Yeah. Kind of go back and forth and share ideas. I love to be part of this community. I love to have direct contact with people. I'm just really into yeah, just sharing our experiences. I think that's really, really important. And it's amazing what these types of platforms like yours can do and just sharing this messaging. And I think I will start having more of these conversations myself on my platform, probably on Instagram or, or start some type of a YouTube channel. Because yeah. I have so many amazing conversations with clients or potential clients that I think the world really needs to hear, especially right now when people are rethinking their career path and the ways they can pivot their lives or take more risks. I talk to amazing leaders in different industries and different parts of their lives who have taken huge risks. It's really paid out for them. And I think if we can tap into others that have done it, it might give us a little bit of courage to do it in our own lives. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I'm sure our audience's minds are going to be blown, but it was so good chatting with you today. So good chatting with you. I'm so glad. Yeah. Let's do it again soon. Okay. Absolutely. You know, we love having you in our community as well. So I'm sure we'll be talking again sometime. Fantastic. Bye. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Courageous Help, brought to you by BASE. Learn more about how BASE is helping modern assistants maximize their potential at basehq.com or find us on LinkedIn at basehq or on Instagram at the BASE app. Don't forget to subscribe to Courageous Help wherever you get your podcasts.